Hello and welcome to another episode of Bare Minimum Babe. My name is Amanda Cunningham and I am the founder and host of Bare Minimum Babe. Today's episode is about New Year's resolutions and you might be asking yourself if you're listening to this live uh, as of mid-January, Amanda, isn't this episode a little late? It's already mid-January and to that I would say no. I planned it like this, I swear, and here's why. When New Year's come around, I don't make resolutions. I make plans. It's a small wording difference, but it's like different action. And it didn't even occur to me to even make an episode about this idea until I was talking with my friend. Uh, and she made a TikTok on her views about this subject, which were, she put it out there. It was really kind and sweet and caring and not at all negative, but she got some negative uh, feedback and backlash. And then we just kind of started having a conversation about the entire idea of resolutions versus like what she and I do, which is set goals and kind of go through them every week and like slowly chip away at them and pivot a necessary through the year. But through my quick research to help her and just kind of like get more information around it, I came across this wonderful piece of information, which inspired me to make this episode. Um, And it said research conducted by Strava which is a research company, using over 800 million user logged activities in 2019, predicted that the day most people are likely to give up on the New Year's resolutions is January 19th. And Strava calls this Quitter's Day. And so that's why I have this episode if you're listening to it live. The week of January 19th is so if that's true for you, you can get maybe more context around it. I just thought it'd be cool timing. So in this episode, I want to dive into why people make resolutions, the history of resolutions, why they often fail and a better way to achieve what you set out to do. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Okay, so according to Wikipedia, which is now kind of a lifeline that we used to not be allowed to use at all in school that I use all the time for information. But according to Wikipedia, A New Year's resolution is a tradition most common in the Western world, which is a person resolving to continue good practices, change an undesired trait or behavior, accomplish a personal goal, or otherwise improve their behavior at the beginning of a calendar year. And brief history is that it's super brief, I swear. (laughs) New Year's resolution started as a 12-day Babylonian festival around 2000 BC, which is before Christ, and to celebrate the start of farming season, crown their king, and make promises to return borrow to farm equipment and pay their debts. So the Babylonians were basically promising financial help. They were resolving financial health and keeping their word, basically. And then the Romans came along, adopted this tradition, but shifted the date to the Julian calendar of 46 BC, again before Christ, which declared January 1st as the start of the new year. They celebrated with promises to the god Janus, for whom the month of January is named. Janus was the god of beginnings, transitions, doorways, and endings. Super symbolic, so good for the Romans. And then, of course, once Christianity took over, so now we're in the AD after death, watch night services, which I had to Google because I don't really go to church, is a late night Christian church service held on late New Year's Eve. These were used to review the year that had passed and make confessions, preparing for the coming year with prayer and resolving to be a better Christian. So super religious, all kind of relating to spirituality and things like that. Though today, as of when I'm recording this, 2023, New Year's resolutions have shifted from becoming biblical and spiritual and those types of things to being personal for the most part. And the most common ones are the themes of being healthier, making career and or financial gains, developing relationships with others, learning a new skill, those kinds of things. They're all pretty much personal agendas that you want to get better at. It's usually not, I want to be a better Christian for God and do this. It's, I mean, a lot of people do, but for the most part, it's mostly like personal, making different choices about your life, improving your life situation. But by the beginning of the 19th century, 
the tendency of people to make and fail and keep resolutions was commonly known and satirized. And I, I'm not going to read them to you, but I found a bunch of entries from like the 1800s where people were like mocking others in like new pa- newspapers. They were really sassy back in the newspapers back in the day. Um, which, so like when people say like the news is so biased and has something like it's always been biased. That's kind of news. Like anyone that's writing anything is going to have a slant. And so whatever they write is going to have that slant pretty, pretty easily in that, in that, uh, composition. So Anyways, that's a brief history on resolutions. Facts about failing. So a 2007 study from the University of Bristol involving more than 3,000 people showed that the 88% of those who set New Year's resolutions failed, despite the fact that 52% of the study's participants were confident of success at the beginning, which honestly isn't that many. Like if you're going to set them, I feel like that's actually not that great. Um, Because if you set a goal and you're like, not if you don't even think you can make it it seems kind of silly to make like it makes sense that they wouldn't do it because they don't think they can but that's a side note (laughs) and then like I said at the beginning of the episode research conducted by Strava using over 800 million user logged activities in 2019 predicted that most people are likely to give up on their new year's resolutions by January 19th aka what they deemed quitters day so they only tried the resolutions for 19 days essentially before they gave up for whatever reason And I talked about this in last week's episode a bit on the difference between giving up and changing your mind. Both of these, you're quitting something, but there's a difference in the story, a different connotation and different feelings of either freedom or failure involved. I really like that episode. And if you're interested in at all what what this is about, I suggest you take a listen back to that one. And it's titled, Are You a Quitter or Did You Change Your Mind? That's from episode 19, where I go into this a little bit more. The truth is that I think making resolutions is a wonderful idea. Like I know that I've got you to click on this title because like it was insinuating that I think they're stupid. I don't think that new year's resolutions are stupid. I think the motivations behind the resolutions are great. It's great to reflect on how in ways you're unhappy or mistakes that you made and to try to be better and to try to make a strong resolution to want to be, to do better. So you try to do that. But the issue is that I feel like most people just aren't ready to make the changes. Like they're just not ready. They're not realistic with how much work, time and energy a lot of their resolutions take. They set unrealistic goals and they make too many of these unrealistic goals. Like they set like six unrealistic goals when really like maybe one of them would have been better just focus on. And it's just too much, too fast. And they're just not mentally or physically, whatever the reason is ready for the resolutions to actually take place and quick failing and reverting back to previous habits is, is the consequence. So it's not surprising that January 19th is kind of quitters day because too many, too fast. It, you can only, <laughs> two weeks doesn't seem like a long time, but if you're trying to do like 50 different things at once, it's too much change, too much change too quickly. And it's just, it's not sustainable. So in the beginning of this episode, I did say that I hadn't really thought about this episode, but it's not like I hadn't thought about people making resolutions this year because it is it has basically become a joke in terms of resolutions of like the hashtag new year new me thing and my first instinct is being like okay roll your eyes because you know that most cases that doesn't actually work you're going to be the same you that you were because again why they fail is too much too quickly and you're not ready um and I started actually thinking about the concept uh, the concept of resolutions 
um, probably like November time of this year because my husband and I were, I talk about this all the time, but we go to the gym Monday through Friday for like two hours a day or two hours a day, um, together as like couple time and like physical activity, blah, blah, blah. My husband and I were kind of like begrudgingly joking at the gym, probably around like November time, like late November, early, you know, uh, December about how lovely it was going to be during Christmas week when it was going to be super empty with people on vacation and like holidays and how light the gym was going to be, but how we should like prepare ourselves for the first week of January because of the resolutioners and they're going to flood in and take all the equipment and they're going to make a mess and they don't know what the gym etiquette is and they don't know how to re-rack weights. Like they're, it's not going to be enough space. It's just going to be annoying. And we were basically like making a joke, but like, yeah, but we probably only have to deal with it until like mid February. So it's fine. Um, but that was before I found the research about January 19th, which is like, I thought, I thought people mostly at least lasted until mid February it turns out it was just two weeks. I thought it was at least a month and a half. So it's a little different than what I thought. Um, but anyways, we had kind of like a little convo about it. Like we were making a joke and then I realized I was like, actually, I don't know how funny it is. Like we were irritated because we were going to have to kind of mentally prepare for being annoyed in the gym of like, I don't feel like waiting for this machine. But we were like, you know what? we basically said like, you know what? Like, I think it's great. Like, I love that they're here and they're making the effort to come here, but like I commend that. Like I do, I appreciate it. it. It's not even like they're not showing up. They show up. And I don't know, again, I'm doing like a gym physical fitness reference. So I don't know if it's maybe like, again, they try too much too soon. So instead of just like making healthier habits, they're like, I'm going to go to the gym from like literally zero times a week or like kind of sporadically to every single morning. Like there's, it's, it's very, very difficult to do something like that drastic, the change. They probably come too early. So then they're tired and grumpy, blah, blah, blah. And then also in the gym, like it's not the most welcoming environment. Like nobody, I don't think is outright mean or like snickering behind people's backs kind of thing. Like my husband and I weren't making fun of people. We were more just, again, annoyed. Like, I don't feel like waiting for the machines. We never make fun of people. It's a different thing, but I don't think it's super welcoming in a way. So like people aren't going to be like, Hey, I see you don't know how to use this equipment, this piece of machine. Let me help you. And even if you did, you'd feel stupid. Like I don't even know if you'd want that blunt of help. You know what I mean? So you don't know what you're doing. I'm listing the reasons why maybe people quit at the gym is, you know, too much, too fast. Like they don't feel like waking up or taking the time. Cause it does take time to kind of carve out. If you weren't carving that time up before something's got to go in order to put the gym and physical activity into that. And then also you don't know what you're doing. So you just feel stupid. And then you probably look stupid. I'm not going to lie to you. Like you probably look like you don't know what you're doing. Like, again, when my husband and I were looking at people in the gym, like we could, t we obviously it's the same crowd of people every day. So we pick out, we know the people that are new, but like there was a couple of people who were like clearly didn't know what they were doing and we didn't make fun. It was just kind of like you could see them like the look on their faces and like they don't know what to do. And I'm like, I don't know how to help them unless I directly go up to them and be like, hey, are you looking like there's no non embarrassing way to try to help this person in a way. You know what I mean? But like it was just very obvious and I get why they quit. You know what I mean? They want to but they want to make a change. And I believe they do. And like I said, I think it comes with the best intentions, but like we, like, that's why we made the joke. Like we know that they'll probably be gone within a month. So, and it's just kind of sad The base, the end of the conversation with me and my husband was basically like, I kind of feel bad, you know, not like I'm being mean, but I kind of feel bad for them because I know the odds are not going to be likely that they're going to keep coming for whatever reasons, like maybe the ones I just listed. And then they're only going to feel poorly about themselves and then continue the cycle next year. And, you know, like say like a certain set of like, it just maybe wasn't the right time and they're going to try again next year. 
you know? So it was just kind of like, it made me think of like why people set resolutions and kind of like the motivations behind them. So I don't really want you to think that I'm like railing against resolutions, hopefully, or mocking those who make them because really... I think the point of resolutions, right, is to try to make a positive change in your life, to be a better person, to better, to have a better life. And that's commendable. And what I think is the key difference in my mind and what I'm kind of thinking based on my research and just kind of like seeing what works kind of thing is that I think the key difference is the mindset in the timing, because there's really nothing magical about the start of the new year, despite what commercials and all the other stuff in society tells you like, yes, it's a new calendar year and you write a new number for the date, but it's pretty much back to exactly as it was before the new year. And you're actually, it's actually kind of usually in a worse state because you've been on holiday for like a week, week and a half, whatever. So you probably haven't been living the most healthy kind of normal schedule life that you were before anyway. So you're probably slightly worse off than you were like before the holiday. So you're starting almost as a disadvantage. So it almost takes like another week and a half to just get back to where you were. So to then get to new resolutions, try new things, it's even more difficult. So what I'm saying is there's nothing magical about the timing of January 1st or a new year which means that there's no reason why you can't make a change in June, September, the third week of March, the, I don't know, the fourth day in January. Like whenever you see a problem that you'd like to solve or something to work on, you can start changing and working on that thing immediately. You don't have to wait. And like, not to get like super like metaphysical or whatever, but time is a construct of man. Like literally our calendar is made up by the Romans. They added a bunch of months to give tribute to their leaders, essentially. So I'm sure everyone knows Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar is the reason for July. And then Augustus is the Rome's first emperor, which is right after Julius Caesar, basically. And that's from August. And like I said earlier in this episode, January named after Janus, their, their god, they just invented the calendar. They worked around certain cycles, but it's made up, which is why our calendar no longer really follows the full moon cycle. It used to follow new moon cycles, but now because the Romans at like added months in, my point is time is literally a construct of man. Like I'm not trying to matrix you or anything, but we made up calendars to appease like certain rulers. And we named the first month of the year after now they're extinct gods, Janus, like I said. So January means nothing special except the Romans wanted to celebrate their God. So thinking that the new year's is a magical time, I think is part of the issue of why people fail. So are resolutions dumb because they seem to just not work and the timing doesn't make any sense. It's just kind of what the Romans made up. No, I don't think so. As I said before, I don't think people are dumb or lazy or lame or whatever for making them. Like I said earlier, the fact that they're even, I think people are even reflecting at all on how last year has been for them and seeing the problems and wanting to solve them is wonderful because a lot of people don't even do that. Like a lot of people just kind of live their lives, which is fine, except then they never move forward in certain ways, right? And then they're just kind of confused, like why things aren't different. But the unrealistic expectations to say, change so much about yourself and your habits and all these things is setting yourself up for failure. So if you're listening to this when I release it on January 17th, 2023, and you're already ready to quit your resolution, it makes sense why you want to quit. Like you, 
maybe took too much on. You tried to change too much too quickly. You maybe weren't ready. You didn't know what it actually involved and that's okay. But that's why I'm making this episode is to, to figure out, help you figure out what a different, better way maybe to help you do that. How do you make changes then if you're not going to make resolutions and revolve them around new years or certain times? Like I said earlier, if you see a problem that you want to solve, just start solving it right then and there. And I know that's hard and it requires you to take action and actually move forward on things, which is honestly difficult, right? But don't wait until the new year or after my birthday or after this weekend or whatever, after my promotion, whatever the thing is that you're after this, you're pushing off what you could just starting. You could just be starting now because lots of different reasons, but probably more than likely the bigger reason is you're just not ready to make the change. And so that's just kind of an excuse because the underlying reason is just basically like you don't really want to right now. Because really, if you look at it, what makes you think that after my birthday or after this weekend or whatever, you'll suddenly change whatever it is you want to change. Like something hasn't drastically changed. You're just setting kind of a random date as like a a milestone that this is what's going to happen afterwards. For example, many people put quote, lose weight as a goal. So I just wanted to go through that example since it's an easy one. And you might write and say to others that your goal for this year or whatever is to lose weight, but you never say how much, how you want to lose it, what the plan is to get you there, all the general things that revolve to get you to lose weight. You just kind of saying, I want to lose some nebulous amount of weight. You set yourself up for failure. Like the the goal is vague with no plan or real vision behind it. Also, (laughs) It's easy to lose weight. You can just kind of cut off an arm. Therefore, losing weight isn't a real goal. You really mean something else when you say lose weight. I know there's lots of blogs, videos, books, podcasts, etc. Going to tell you there's a certain way that are better than others to set and achieve goals. There's lots of studies about this, that things work cool. It should be a smart goal, which is like specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. That's one example. All those things... I'm not going to do that because I think that's just, I don't think it has to be that complicated, quite honestly. I think it can be simpler than that in most cases. And I think it's really only listening to one key question or thought. And that is what trait or attribute do I want to identify with or identify as? So using this question of what trait or attribute do I want to identify with for the example of, quote, losing weight, you don't want to lose weight for the sake of losing weight or else you would just cut an arm off. It's not difficult to, quote, lose weight on your physical body. What you are saying is really that you want something that losing weight will bring you. Like what difference in your life will losing weight give you like more confidence, better flexibility. Like maybe you can do certain activities with your kids without getting out of breath. Or maybe like you'll, I don't know, look like sexy body. So you'll get like a new life partner. I don't know, whatever it is, you think there's something that will come from losing weight. You want is something different for your life that that will give you. So I think by asking what trait or attribute do I want to identify with, it's not lose weight or someone who's lost weight probably what you really mean to say or what you maybe underlying message is what you're trying to say is I want to be a healthy person I want to make healthy choices for myself I want to be a healthy individual period and so how to then enact on that is going to be different than just quote lose weight so instead of going to the shed and getting an axe to cut your arm off to just lose weight you're going to then 
to move forward on this, you would look at others as I think as a starting point that you deem as a quote, healthy person and see how they live their lives. Like when you say a healthy person, when you think of a healthy person, what does that mean to you? Like, do you see them going to the gym? They don't have to go to the gym. Maybe they go on hikes. Maybe they just run around with their kids and their dog outside. It doesn't have to be one certain thing. But when you think of this type of person, what are you trying to aspire to? Like what in that person are you wanting to identify with? Like if you look at their lives, do they eat Chick-fil-A sandwiches every morning and like 40 grams of sugar drinks from Starbucks every morning and then they stay up till midnight watching Netflix? Probably not, even though that sounds wonderful. I would love to do that every day. They probably don't. They probably eat moderately healthy. They probably eat like the Chick-fil-A sandwiches every now and then because like, why be healthy if you can't enjoy a good thing? Nobody wants to eat freaking like baked kale every day, but they probably eat moderately healthy and they're conscious about what they put into their bodies and they make it a habit and part of their lifestyle, not just like a thing that they do. They make it part of their lifestyle and who they are to integrate like physical activities, certain healthy practices, all those things that work for them. Like they don't hop on trendy diets. They don't lose and gain the same 30 pounds. They aren't full of shame and doubt of their health. Probably. Um, they know they're making theoretically quote unquote right decisions and they feel probably pretty good and they look good and they feel like you can tell that they're confident. They feel a certain way about themselves. So maybe that's what you actually are trying to, to attain. It's what you feel that they're doing with their lives in the sense of the aura that they're projecting, like the, the energy that they give off that you're looking at. And you want that for yourself because you think other things are associated with that feeling like you can get other things, you know, so stepping into that identity that you want to be associated with is a mind shift and a lifestyle shift because to be that healthy person, you can't probably, you probably have to cut things out, you know, like you have to be more conscious of certain things that maybe you weren't being conscious of. So you have to be aware of what you're doing versus they're doing. And I'm not saying that you have to copy their entire life, obviously, like do what works for you. And I'm just kind of hammering this, um, healthy example home. Cause again, I think it, it, it's like the top one, two things that people tend to put on resolutions is like eat healthier, go to the gym, lose weight, that kind of thing. It's around that. And I think it's really identifying like, what are you trying to gain with that? And then who are you like, what are you looking towards to emulate? Because that would be easier instead of having to figure it out yourself, just be like, what is, I don't know, Janice doing? She seems really healthy and like active or what, like, how does she live her life? And just look at what Janice or whatever is doing with her life. I'm going to give an example of me. Um, not that I think that I'm perfect, but the way that this thinking of how I want to identify as a person and how to live my life has helped me do and stick, like stick to something that I hadn't been doing before and how I've been able to keep up with something for over a year now and feel pretty good about. So um, again, I talk about it all the time, but like I said, I work out Monday through Friday for an hour and a half, two hours each morning. I eat a protein shake, like literally basically the same protein shake every single morning when I get home, I buy mostly healthy foods from the store and most of the food in the house is not super tempting, which actually sucks when I'm like going to be on my period soon or like have cravings. We have nothing in the house. It is actually aggravating. So we have to go out and get it. But I do that because I will indulge when I'm craving stuff without without thinking of it. So I keep that in mind so I don't buy the stuff. But when I do do like uh, health, like unhealthy foods, I don't feel bad about it and I don't feel guilty or I don't really restrict because I know it's not a big deal because it's like an ink drop in a gallon of clean water. Like you can barely see that ink drop because that ink drop, which would be like, I don't know, a Chick-fil-A milkshake or like 
I don't know, five guys fries or whatever is balanced with overall being aware and making good choices for me in my lifestyle. And the way that I've been able to do this is because of the same, the, what I just talked about earlier is how I want to identify. I want to be identified as a healthy individual. Like I want to feel and look good in my body and feel confident and not feel uncomfortable in clothing. And I don't want to be restricted in how I look, how I think I look in clothing. I want to be whatever I want to wear, whatever I want to wear without feeling a certain way. And I don't know if that's like a society thing of like, this is what looks good kind of thing. It's more just like, I want to feel good in my clothing and I want to feel good when I do certain things. And I know that I like, I'm confident and I can do that because I have been able to identify as somebody who number one is like, quote unquote, a healthy individual. That's what I want to identify with. And I like going to the gym. Like I like the community there and like the people that I see every day. And I like the fact that if they look at me and see like kind of like the differences that I had from like a year and a half ago to now kind of thing. And like me coming in every day for like two hours with my husband, they can see that I'm putting in the work. So they identify with me. They think I'm part of like the gym tribe. Like I'm identifying with the community and other healthy people, if that makes sense. So like, honestly, I don't want to go to the gym every day. Like literally the last three days in a row, the alarm has gone off at 445, which my husband sets it at because he has to go to work at 730. I'm not super hype about the 445 timing. So I like three days in a row, I laid in bed and contemplated for like five minutes back and forth. I'm tired. Should I go back to bed? I don't know. I'll feel groggy if I don't go to the gym. I know how I'm not going to feel like super me, but I'll be tired and I want to take a nap. If I do, uh, I did eat a lot of crap these past two weeks and I don't like, you know, the way my jeans are fitting, but like back and forth of like, you should go. No, you shouldn't. Well, you can take it anyways, the whole thing, right? I'm tired. I'm cranky. I don't want to go. And I did this whole little thing in my mind for like, you know, three days. And this is not just three days out of like the entire year and a half. It's like all the time, right? It's like, probably like two out of the five days of the week that I'm like, this sucks. So like my husband was getting ready and finally like said this morning, are you coming or not? Don't be a little B. You're going to the gym. Let's go. And I instantly was like, yes, I am. And I got up and it wasn't like his motivation. That was the final straw of me being like, oh yeah, he's pushed me like, cool. Thanks for the inspiration, sweetie. It was me being like, no, he's right. I still want to identify as someone who goes to the gym. I identify as a strong healthy person. And I feel confident in who that person is. Like I want to keep identifying as that person. I'm going to the gym. I have to go to the gym. Even if I don't do really like half of what I want to do there, I'm going because it's how I identify. I identify as a healthy, active individual. If I'm still tired, I'll take a nap later. No big deal. And honestly, I went to the gym yesterday morning I never really got into the workout and I kind of begrudgingly lifted every single weight I did. And I kind of like sassily walked on the Stairmaster for an hour. Like usually I only like do like a five minute warm up and like the bonus cardio days. I usually do like half hour, but I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. So I walked on the treadmill for an hour and I watched like uh, only murderers in the building for like 30 of those minutes because I didn't want to be there, but I still like was on the treadmill walking and I still eventually did like, uh, you know, an exercise afterwards. So even though I didn't even do all the stuff that I theoretically would have wanted to do had I not been in that sassy, tired mindset, I could still tell myself and not lie to me that I went to the gym and I can still identify as the healthy, active, confident, strong, whatever person that I want to identify with. Chances are, if you made a New Year's resolution, your resolution was some variation of these top 10. I got these online, but these seem legit. So the couple of the top 10 most common resolutions are exercise more, lose weight, get organized, 
learn a new skill or hobby, live life to the fullest, save more money slash spend less money, quit smoking, spend more time with friends and family, travel more, read more. So using the prompt of what trait or attribute do I want to identify with, we can then pick one of the top resolutions that people make that you probably made and I've made myself like I did last year. I wanted to read more. So we can pick one of those things and ask what trait or attribute do I want to identify with? Like, why do I want to read more? It's not just to read more because it's just, it has no meaning behind it. So read more. Say, I am a reader and I love to read books. So what would a person who identifies as a quote reader do with their spare time? Like you want to identify as a reader. What would they do? Would they go, I don't know, line dancing? Probably not. They'd probably spend a lot of their free time or create time in like a cozy spot, reading books and spend lots of their time at the library, maybe a book club, listening to audiobooks on their commute, whatever that is, they do things that a reader does. So whatever it is that you're trying to do, think if I identified as this thing, how would I make my decisions? How would I live my life? Another thing that I'm just realizing I should have mentioned earlier in this episode is that I think also with this prompt of what trait or attribute do I want to identify with, it's not just saying I want to be a reader, I want to be a healthy person, I want to do this, I want to make these choices. It's saying I am a reader, I am a healthy person. You have to shift the I want to be or I want to do to I am because once you start identifying it, that's when you start acting as that person. Like if you're, again, with the reader example, you come home after, I don't know, a long day at work, whatever, using the identity, I am a reader, you would then probably start to think about your decisions differently. Instead of just saying, I want to be a reader, that's wishing, right? Not action. So I am a reader. When you come home, you can think like, okay, I have this time. What do I going to do this time? I know I'm tired, whatever. Do I want to just watch Netflix and zone out, which is fine. If you want to watch Netflix, cool. I love watching, you know, binge watching certain shows, whatever. That's fine. I'm not judging it. But if you want to identify as a reader, chances are a reader does not come home every day and watch Netflix because that's not reading. So what they would do when you sit down on the couch to watch Netflix, you might start catching yourself like I'm a reader but I'm not reading. So that's a conflict. You want to solve that internal conflict you're making within yourself. So what you're going to start becoming more conscious and aware of is like that dissonance of like, I say I'm a reader, but I'm not reading. How do I fix that? I either have to get rid of the way I'm trying to identify myself so I can't be a reader or how do I create, how do I, how do I create a situation in which I'm able to say I'm a reader and not lie to myself about that? It probably means like I have to turn on the TV, turn off the TV and pick up a book. That's how you would solve that dissonance in your mind of what you say you're identifying with versus your action. You want to solve that problem because you're internally lying to yourself if you don't. Challenge for you this week, if you'd like to accept it, is if you set a New Year's resolution or any form of goal for yourself this year and you're feeling like throwing in the towel for whatever reason, ask yourself if you use the prompt of what trait or attribute do I want to identify with? Did you use that prompt as the way to make your resolutions? Because if you didn't do some form of that prompt, chances are you don't have a bigger 
reason to make that goal a reality. Like you probably did too much, too fast. You weren't ready, whatever. But if you did the prompt of what do I want to identify with? Who do I want to identify as? That would get you to a better solution. If you say you want to read more this year, read more what? Magazines? Nutrition labels? Like, what are you talking about? How often are you going to read? It comes with all these other sets of questions that you have to figure out and stick to versus what do I want to identify as? I want to identify as a reader. How would a reader make decisions? It's much simpler. Like you don't have to live up to like 12 books a year, whatever. Just I want to be a reader. I am a reader. How would I make my decisions if I wanted to be a reader, if I want to identify as a reader? Thank you so much again for having me in your ears for another episode of Fair Minimum, babe. I hope that this episode was helpful for you. I can't talk today. I want to identify as a good talker, whatever that means. Um, So I hope this episode was helpful for you in terms of how to make goals because I'm trying to also set better goals for myself that I can't fail at because it's not sometimes measurable sometimes. Like being a reader or being a healthy person isn't really measurable. Like, yeah, sure, there's metrics you can look at, but sometimes it's not measurable. It's just who you want to identify as and how you make decisions and live your life based on those identities. So for example, I want to identify as someone who is helpful to others, who uses their skills and knowledge or personality, whatever it is that I bring to others to help them think differently about things and just honestly, like just have an easier life, which is the whole point of me calling this bare minimum babe is because like, what's the bare minimum I can do to make whatever I'm trying to make work, work. And so that's how I want to identify as a person who is helpful. I am a helpful person who help other people, which is nebulous, right? But what would a helper do? What would someone that wants to do what I just said, live their life? They make podcast episodes like this one, help like telling you what is working for me. And so I'm hoping that this episode and like how I am able to use the prompt of who do I want to identify as or what attribute do I want to identify with, how this has helped me do certain things in my life and take action on certain things and how you can do it for yourself as well, especially since it is around the new year time. Or if you're not listening to this live in January when I'm recording it and you know publishing it, whenever it is, to take something that you see and start, like decide not to wait. Like if I see a, like if you see a problem or something that you want to work on, you don't have to wait for something. There's no magical timing on any of this stuff. You know, you can just start. And so hopefully that episode, this episode was, it spoke to that, um, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So long story short is if you like this episode, please pass it to a friend. It would be so awesome if you did. Cause I do, despite what I'm saying, I do have goals for this show of like X amount of downloads, uh, by the end of this year, because I know once I get that, I can have other certain things open up to me. So I would really, really, really appreciate it. If you pass this episode to a friend you think it resonate with. And if you left a five-star review, if you haven't already, and you've listened to a couple episodes, I feel like you just, it's just like a thank you. Like just like a little pat on my back. Like, thanks, Amanda. Literally just tap the five star. I would really appreciate it. Um, and as I mentioned last episode, I created a freebie. This is an offer for you, not a, like a little ask, but I have a freebie for you. If you go to bare minimum babe.com and 
click on the sign up for my newsletter, which I swear is not boring or lame. I'm super cool. And obviously people who say that they're cool are the coolest. So if you sign up for my newsletter at bareminimumbabe.com, you'll get a freebie and then we can stay in touch over email and that will be cool beans. We can be best friends. Anyways, I'm going to end this show by saying I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if you wanted to catch up on any of their episodes, you do that. I would love that as well. And um, yeah, I'll be in your ears next week. Thank you. Bye.